Stella. We have Bruce live in the locker room in Tallahassee celebrating on the field with the Flores dance. And, and I don't know why, like, we were able to run the ball so well in the first half, to, especially to the left side, and then all of a sudden we started to abandon it. And like I said, it, there is some inconsistency. How are they going to approach this game? How are they going to beat this Florida State team? Well, we're going to break you guys. Um, and, and okay, I, that's it. The show is over. In, 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 in the story, we're going to break you guys. Look, and, and I, I'm joking, but it's Lord, the climb, the climb continues, KB. Oh my okay. God! I am sweating. I am... Look, look at my heart. Look, I, I, look, I, I, look, 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 look. You know what? Yeah, I, I have so much to say. Alrighty, and welcome back to Seminole Sideline 365. Jesus. We've already got some technical issues with the uh, old man and technology. He is frozen, and he is gone, folks. The old man is gone from the stream already. Well, thank you for being with me. We It is Thursday, November 9th. We are just days, hours away from the big matchup with Miami this Saturday. We are glad you're with us. We will be giving our thoughts and opinion on that game this weekend, amongst other news around college football. So we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you stopping by. Give the show a like. Give the share. We appreciate you uh, giving your comments and opinions as we talk about the game and our different topics uh, tonight. So like I said, we'll be going through some latest college football news uh, and topics that uh, interest us. Then we'll be breaking down the Miami game, uh, and then we'll give our picks for the top 25 this weekend. The old man is back. He's figured out his computer. It's not totally broken. It's not melting down. He is back. He keeps freezing. He's got too many programs running in the background. I'm going to kick him back out. Jalen, what is going on, man? Thanks for stopping by. We're glad to see you. Um, but, yeah, so there's a couple of big things that have, was going on this weekend or going on this week since we last spoke because, what, we, we spoke on Tuesday. We uh, talked about college football rankings. Uh, we broke down the Pittsburgh uh, game, did a recap there. So a couple of things we want to jump into uh, before we talk to Miami was uh, a couple of stuff that came out since Tuesday. Uh, one of those things we thought was interesting, well, Florida State related, obviously, if we want to cover those things, it's related to Florida State, uh, was the announcement that uh, uh, Ryan Fitzgerald's uh, Luke Rosa uh, semifinalist, I believe it is. So kudos to him. I mean, this is a complete turnaround for this kid. I was one of his biggest critics last season. And heading into this season, I said that they need to go out and find potentially replacements or bring in kicking competition, which they did. They brought in Keltner um, from, what, East Tennessee to to compete for that. And I said I thought it would be an open competition to see because it, it was a deficiency in, in this team last year, right? During the mid part of the year when when things were really off the tracks with Ryan, it seemed like even 35 to 40-yard field goals, it, it seemed like Mike Nervell – had to adjust his game planning um, around Ryan because he wasn't confident in his ability. And Ryan wasn't confident in his ability last year through much, much part of the season. Uh, we weren't sure where this, what the kicking game would look like this season. But look at this. This kid has refocused, gone back, it looks like, to his old motion. 
and he's come back to the guy we, we knew before. And, and and kudos to him for putting the time, getting his confidence back, and getting himself on this award list. Nine, almost 92% field goal rate accuracy, 45 field goals are a point after uh, a scored. So uh, kudos to him to making this list and for what he's done so far this season. We hope it continues, obviously, uh, with some big games that are coming at Miami and Florida and obviously the ACC, champ- uh, ACC championship game. Um, but I want to give a shout out to him because once again, as one of his biggest critics last year and coming into the season, I want to, you know, give kudos for him for, for battling back and, and uh, give him the credit that he deserves so far, but we hope it continues, right? This is, he's a big part of the team. Special teams is always a big part of the game. Uh, and he's done his job so far. So I hope it continues and want to give him a shout out there because he deserves it so far. Um, the other thing we want to bring up here was related to Florida State. And you may have seen this. You may not have seen this. Um, but Ethan Fisher, obviously, of uh, Jimbo Fisher uh, lineage, uh, he committed as a kicker uh, to Samford. So Samford is, you know, that's where Jimbo Fisher played for a year as a quarterback. Obviously, it goes back to the Bowden family as well. Um, I think Terry Bowden was the coach there when Jimbo Fisher was there. I think it was Terry. Um, but uh, Jimbo Fisher's son, um, who who battled illness, we had the whole foundation here at Florida State when Jimbo Fisher was here. I think there's still a chapter of that foundation here at Florida State. Uh, as well, since even though he left, I think that chapter is still here. Um, but this kid's battled through his illness, um, and, and now he's got a scholarship to, and he's committed to Sanford uh, as a kicking specialist. So I thought that was a cool story, a, a cool thing for kids who are battling through many different illnesses. And it's just once again a, a, a kudos for him and his hard work that he's put in to be able to commit to a college like Sanford and as that. So I thought that was a cool story related to Florida State. Uh, and it's something I wanted to bring up because I thought it was a cool story that was covered this week as well. Um, so uh, kudos to him, kudos to uh, Jimbo and starting that foundation at Florida State and uh, putting forth that cause uh, and getting uh, you know getting funding behind that because I think it's very important as well. So uh, I thought that was a very, very cool story as well. The last thing we want to discuss, but I just saw this today. I, I, I haven't obviously, I don't get to see a lot of things that are trending during, during the work week and uh, I usually catch up on the weekend. But this, this was something that caught my eye uh, towards the end of the workday today, and I'm not sure if a lot of people have seen it yet. It's related to uh, Lane Kiffin, and it was some exclusive audio from a front office sports. I'm not sure if many of y'all have seen the story yet, but apparently... I'm okay, back. Are you, are you back? You fixed I am, everything? Yeah, you know what? I've had this thing up and running all day, and it does this shit. It's unbelievable. Back in my day, we didn't have computers, okay? We didn't. Oh, never mind. It's Let's like, go on. It's like you still don't, based on how you're uh, working. Crazy. It's crazy. So we talked about the first two things related to Florida State, but now we want to get into the thing, and this is where I really want your, your thoughts. So related to Lane Kiffin, they have an audio of him basically sort of berating, I wouldn't say great, uh, talking harshly to a defensive tackle by the name of DeSanto Rollins. And apparently the story is, is that DeSanto Rollins was on a break, a mental health break in terms of, you know, he said he needed time away from the team uh, due to mental health stress and, and potentially being depressed. And apparently he wasn't checking with the coach. Coach Kippen asked him to come in, but he basically was ignoring those requests. And then finally they got him into the office and Kippen basically told him, it sounds like, that we're done. You, you haven't communicated with us. You haven't shown up. You haven't done your job. You haven't done your work, essentially. And we can let you go. You're done. You're off the team. 
and it's it's an interesting back and forth. I if you haven't heard the audio yet, I, I can play a sample of it here actually while while we're here. So let me go. Let me play a little bit of this for you. Um, so you guys have some context if you haven't heard it yet. So I'll go ahead um, and, and play a bit of this, and, and let's and then we'll break it down a little bit. So let, let's hear. If you would have come here when you kept getting messages, the head coach wants to talk to you, and you saying I'm not ready to talk to him. Well, what f-ing world do you live in? I don't see why you got to be disrespectful. Honestly. Get out of here. Go. Go. You're off the team. You're done. See ya. See ya. Because I'm... See ya. Go. Go. And guess what? We can kick you off the team. So go read your f-ing rights about mental health. We can kick you off the team for not showing up. When the head coach has to meet with you and you don't show up for weeks, okay, we can remove you from the team. It's called being the f- It's called hiding behind sh- not showing up for so yeah so that's the excerpt we have and apparently this had turned into a lawsuit a 40 million dollar lawsuit from rollins uh against the university and this just came out i guess during the dismissal by old miss and lane kiffin and, and this is apparently something that i had heard about before this lawsuit and, and i think this is part of the motion to dismiss it I think it's wild. Um, and like Jalen just said, I it's it's I think it's wild and I have different thoughts on this. I I you know, I'm someone who believes in depression. I I, I think it's all you know, those things I believe can affect somebody, and I, I don't want to go down that road of questioning somebody's mental health or anything like that. Um, but I think this is an interesting story, um, in terms of and I don't think this is something that necessarily they wanted to leak out there. But I think for $40 million, this is something that has to be put into evidence and they are going to put out there as part of winning some public support on their end because this is a this is going to get nasty now in terms of having this out there. Now both sides are going to get publicly put this stuff out there now, I believe. In any job, I'm in the business world. Most of us are in the business world that are watching this. I'm not. Well, okay. Well, yeah, it's... <laughs> If you take a two-week break without reporting to your boss, without communicating with your boss, do anything, regardless of what the reason is, whether it's maternity, paternity, mental health break, vacation, PTO, if there's not clear dialogue or communication while you're taking a break and not checking in, da, 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 you will be fired. I don't care what the reason is, right? And I think that was kind of Lane Kiven's point. You haven't checked in. You haven't told us what's going on, what, what, what the reason is. You haven't done anything. There's been no communication. You just basically have taken a break from the team and from your work because that's what college football is now. It's a job. You're, these players are getting NIL. They're getting compensation. So this has gone from you are on academic, you know, we're giving you a free ride, da, da, da. But now that you have this NIL and compensation, this is these are basically like paid employees now, and that's what coaches are now treating it like. And that's what he's saying. You don't check in for your job in two weeks and I don't hear from you, you're basically fired. And that's what we're treating. Like what Dion did in Colorado. He fired his entire team and replaced them with new players. And that's where Lane Kiffin's coming from. And I can get that coming from the corporate world where if I don't check in with my boss for two weeks, no matter if I'm ha- you know, if I'm mentally unwell, da da da, I'm gone because I didn't communicate that. Now I get it from the player's side. If I'm in a bad mental space and I'm depressed and I may need that time. And I'm afraid of losing my scholarship, da da da. I may be in a planned place where I don't feel like checking in because the football may be causing me the stress, right? And I don't want to go to my coach because he may be the trigger for my stress, right? Who do I go to? I understand that part as well. But 
it's tough. It, it, it's it's tough. You have and like Jalen's saying, you have to communicate with your supervisors, whether it's the coach, whether you're, you're a position coach, you have to communicate with somebody. You can't just go silent for two weeks. And like I said, we're just hearing this snippet of audio. We're not hearing the full story, the, all the evidence. We're hearing a snippet of it. But from that portion of it, it sounds like there was no clear communication to the top management of this organization what was going on. And that's where Lincoln was like, you're gone, you're fired. And that's that's where in any scenario, that's where you would be fired. If there's no, no clear communication. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think it I think I think it's interesting. Okay. I think it's interesting. My first when you sent it to me prior to the program today, I listened to it a couple of times. My first sense, my instinct was there's no way that's Lane Kiffin on that tape. Okay. Now, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. We don't know if that's Lane Kiffin on the tape. It sounds to me more like a uh, an assistant coach on that tape. Okay. Just because, no, go, scroll it back down where you had it. Scroll it back. No, no, scroll down right here. This is the guy that's putting it up. First of all, for, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe let me finish my statements. First of all, front office sports. I don't know crap about them. All right. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they are. And uh, I, I, all that I know is they have a gold star next to their name, whatever the hell that means. And AJ Perez, senior reporter, prior stops, personal trainer, proud this, whatever. I, I don't know anything about this guy. He doesn't even put his true picture up there. All I'm saying is, in fairness to Lane Kiffin and, and Mr. DeSanto Rollins, the defensive tackle, I don't know what the what if this tape is real, faked, or otherwise. I'm not even sure that is Lane Kiffin on the tape. If you hear it, it's hard for me to believe. Now, if it's if it's true, it's hard for me to believe that a head coach of a prestigious Division I program, KB, would come off against a guy like that. This isn't the first personnel problem this guy's ever had in coaching. If he comes across that way to a player, that is number one, unprofessional. I'm not talking about whether he should kick the guy off the team. I think, first of all, if a player has a personal issue, you come to the coach. You come to your position coach first. And then with your position coach, perhaps by your side, you go for an appointment with the head coach. Okay? that's It's very clear and it's very easy to do. So my first point is, I don't know the authenticity of the tape. The second point is, it sounds... you. I've never heard Lake Keefe smoke. Well, I I haven't seen that. I'm going to take your word for it. Is for Lane Kiffin... For Lane, okay, okay, for, okay, just hang on a minute. Okay, if it is Lane Kiffin, he handled the matter very unprofessionally, very unprofessionally. Even if you're going to kick a guy off the team, that is not the proper way to do it. The first thing to do is to sit the young man down and talk to him. Just like, how, how many times these head coaches, oh, 
they're holding hands and hugging in the recruitment process and this is how he ends the process with a guy if it's true I, I you see the bad side of a head coach of Elaine Kiffin if it's true and right now it's just alleged it's alleged but I I could I would never hire I've managed people all my life and I would never handle anybody in any world sports or otherwise that way because you're not even you listening to the young man ask him some questions of why he didn't come forward ask him questions of how he's been feeling your first obligation is to his mental health that's your first obligation why so quick to fire a guy when he first comes in after two weeks it's ridiculous that would put the guy over the edge and create potentially a huge problem for the university. So, also, the guy brings his phone in on record, obviously, okay, unless someone else was there as a witness, could have been his a position coach in there as a witness. Was it the kid who did the audio tape? Don't I don't know. know. Which side revealed this. Okay. The bottom line is, as a head coach, my bottom line is, the head coach of any program has the right, under whatever the authorizations are, to release a person from their scholarship and boot them off the team if it's under the contract, under the authorization, whatever. The way this was handled is totally inappropriate for a head coach of a Division I team at this level yeah and, and like i said espn and front office sports obtained this audio it, it would seem that you know it does you know some which some which some of the side one of the sides gave them the audio but like you said it, it seems to be and this has been going on for a while and and it, it, says that he is still the player is still on scholarship he still has position he's still getting on the resources of a student athlete so that is still in question. You know, that is not in question. He wasn't kicked off the team, apparently. So I don't know what's going on. It's all very murky. It seems like this has been going on for a while. But to your point, that's well, well, you have a KB, you have a bigger problem if the kid's still on the team when supposedly the head coach just told him he's off the team. So now you've got a real problem. You've got a head coach that the administration is not supporting. That's why I don't think it is that good. I it sounds to me like the voice, not the voice, but the 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 way an assistant coach would approach something. Yeah. So a so head coach. Happened. Could you imagine Bobby Bowden doing something like this? Well, I can't even imagine Willie Taggart or Jimbo Fisher approaching something like this. It's so unprofessional in terms of managing people, especially young people. It's, it doesn't even sound right. Did yeah, they this get happened. A, so this happened just, this happened March 21st in a meeting. This, what precluded this was Rollins had notified Kiffin on uh, that he was going to take a mental health break at the end of the meeting on February 27th. And Kiffin, during that meeting, when he, Rollins told him that, said that he was going to move the kid from a defensive tackle position to a scout team on the offensive line. So change the position, put on scout team, put them on the offensive line, and and then which the on, head coach can do, uh, yeah, which he can do, and then they had a meeting on March. Then they had this meeting 
almost a month later on March 21st, where Rollins then legally recorded this audio. And, and okay, what I want to know is when this kid doesn't show up for practices or is not showing up for class, I don't know what he's doing. As soon as the first time someone doesn't show for practice, what do I do as head coach? I go to the assistant coach who's handling scout or handling his previous position. I say, I want you to go find this kid. I want you to find out what's going on with him. Did he leave the program? Did he go home? Where is he? Is he dead? Is he alive? We don't know. So that's the first thing you do. I've handled cases like that before in my military career. I've handled it in my business career. It's a very easy thing to do. This there's a lot of unanswered questions here. So that's why I say, but if that tape is of Lane Kiffin, it is inappropriate it is for a senior man. Has he said that's a, a tape? Yes. Is he that, that was me between the two of them? Okay. And it was well, you know what? Well, then Lane Kiffin is an asshole and it's very inappropriate. He shouldn't be managing people. I mean, I, I, that's my opinion. If that's Lane Kiffin on the tape, I, I think it's whether he fires the guy or not. Which is, it's okay to fire the guy, get rid of him off your team, but it is inappropriate the way he handled that as a manager. And I would not bring him into my university. Yeah, I don't know why they would release the audio if it wasn't Lane Kiffin's. And all signs, according to ESPN and front office sports, would conclude that it is Lane Kiffin okay. on that tape, based Whatever. on headlines. But I think if you record any head coach in a confrontation like that, it's going to sound very much the same. Like, well, you know what? Then head coaches need to go to a professional class of how to manage people. I, I could not see. Part. I could not see Bobby Bowden doing that. I could not see Nick Saban doing that. I could not see prestigious coaches in universities doing that. And if I was the president of the university, I'd be having a talk with that. With that coach and i might have some issues with that because that's not how you manage people yeah, you I, can't manage that people people like that in business presidents presidents I, don't manage people that way you'd be surprised that works for some interesting okay people. well then you know what you should get up and resign and leave no okay because not, you, i've you, said you know, i've said it, working in the past i've worked for some people that you would be surprised well how they i don't people. respect those people then well you because you can't always choose it, you work for sometimes if it, you if it, yeah, that's right if it ever happened to me which it never did i would have said screw you i'm out okay but mortgage but that's or the no issue mortgage. though that's the issue we're talking about is that sometimes you have to go work somewhere and it's, you know, jobs are hard. Good jobs are hard to come by sometimes. And you can't just say, I'm leaving, guys. I, and you got things, you got bills to take care of. So, and, and guess what? And guess what he could have created there? He could have created a real problem where the guy gets real angry and decides to take it out on somebody. I was just watching the news tonight I, I, I when some that. people, they, they had, there were two cases of mental illness, uh, a crimes being committed. One young girl died by a stray bullet because the guy had a mental ill uh, health issue. Another guy ran into two deputies in Hillsborough County down here in Tampa and, and changed deputies' lives because he was having a mental health crisis. I, I would agree so with you. So you can't take it. You can't create more mental health issues by talking to people that way. The way I, you talk to people on the field and do things. Uh, we've seen coaches fired. You sent me a tape of a high school coach, right? Slapping one of his players upside of the head because he was coming off the field for something. He got fired. 
You remember uh, 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 Coach Hayes at Ohio State? Would he punched another team's player for making an interception against Ohio State? Woody Hayes? He got fired. So you can't even do that stuff on the sidelines. Doing it on the sidelines is one thing. Doing it and managing people is something else. And I find it abhorrent if this guy, Lane Kiffin, did that. And if it's true and all of this is founded, he should never coach at Florida State for sure. And, and other universities should really take a look at it. Okay, yeah, I, think I think we've covered this. I think we've covered this. Let's move on. Can I say something? Yeah. I think the line that stood out to me is he said, I guarantee if we effing called you in and you're playing defense, we, you would you have a mental issue? So he basically was saying he was bullshitting because he changed his position on him. Oh, that, he's going to walk I this think, back. I think, I think he, the, the, the whole universe is going to walk it back. This Lane Kiffin's had some issues before. That's why he went into the college doghouse. Okay, so if he has emotional issues himself, you bottom line is you don't manage people this way. He's got 90, 100, uh, a, a staff of 30, 40 people. He's managing a large corporation. Yeah. And, and, right. and, and like I say, if this is true, he would be done in my eyes. All right. He would, uh, he would I'm just saying, it's yeah. not about Rollins, it's about managerial style and skills. It's outrageous, well, and the president the that of the University of Mississippi should not put up with it. Right, That's we'll it. See. Let's we'll move see. on. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that story. And oh, see yeah. I, let's that, keep that, that in the file. Breaking, I mean, wow. that, that lawsuit just got I Really, I mean, it's been going on, it seems like, for a while, but that, that audio just leaked today at 6 p.m. So we'll we'll keep our eyes on that story over the weekend and, and see you next week. So let's dive into Florida State, Miami, uh, and uh, that matchup. So I know you've got a lot of notes that you want to discuss. Well, interested in y'all's comments. Um, I think there's three big storylines that I want to talk about in this matchup that I think are interesting to me. One of those storylines is the quarterback situation with Miami. Uh, so far, as I'm as I'm aware of, is Crystal Ball hasn't committed to a quarterback. TBD has looked like garbage the last couple of weeks. Um, in, in most part of the season, the ACC season, uh, last week, I believe, what, he had four interceptions against NC State? Uh, I think he had, he had three, two or three. three, three. He, he had, had three four. interceptions, threw for 173 yards against NC State. Uh, his yards per attempt was 4.6, which is, I don't know how that's possible. Um, but in the quarterback, well, he's 77. Swing passes, you know. It's horrible. Yeah. And three interceptions. Um, yeah, he was terrible last week. Uh, the week before, against UVA, he threw uh, another two interceptions. So, along with four touchdowns. A little bit better, yardage-wise. He three uh, 391, two, four touchdowns, two interceptions. But uh, over the last two weeks, once again, he's got five interceptions to go along with four touchdowns. He has um, 11 interceptions on the season. Of the top 50 nationally rated quarterbacks, he's one of the tops in terms of throwing interceptions. Yeah. He is. He's, Compared uh, to Jordan Travis has two. Yeah. He's not, he's not as conservative with the ball, we should say, as Jordan Travis is. And I think we all know that going into this matchup. You put pressure on him. You make him have to uh, double, you know, if you put some, if the, if the offensive line collapses around him, he's going to make some mistakes. We saw it last year. We've seen it this year. And, and I think that's going to be a big thing for this Florida State defensive line to put some pressure on them. But as I said, Chris Ball has been con committal on who's going to start this week. Uh, last year, TBD was, he was dealing with some injuries. And they still started him. 
uh, we did eventually knock him out of the game, and you saw Emery, uh, you know, Emery playing the game. You saw, I think, three quarterbacks in last year's game, and they all stunk it up, and they all got kind of destroyed in, in last week's game, and it was a, uh, it was a rollover uh, for Florida State uh, on the road. This year, I think uh, it's a little bit of mind games. Uh, Chris Ball's trying to play. He's trying to make them have the game plan for multiple quarterbacks, which I don't think is going to work because it doesn't get much better behind TBD in my in my uh, in, in my opinion. I don't think the quarterbacks are any better behind Tyler. Tyler's got the most experience of them all, um, and I think he gives Miami the best chance to win, um, even with his performance so far this season. Um, so, give me your thoughts. Who do you think starts for Miami, and what do you think Florida State has to do to contain his upper end ability to to win them the game? Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind if I'm coach of Miami, uh, despite uh, the lack of performance by TVD, unless they're really going to go with the youth movement at this point. You know, TVD's only a junior. So that's going to be very interesting. I could see him going into the portal. But against Florida State, I see Cristobal going back to TVD to start the game and see what he does in the first half of this football game. Emory Williams is the true freshman that you were talking about. Yeah. He started against Clemson, and he beat Clemson, okay? In yeah. week seven, he he beat Clemson 28-20, to 20, okay? So he was the hero of that game down in Miami, and we know Clemson is not that good a football team, especially back in week seven. Yeah. Uh, so... I see TVD being uh, the quarterback, despite he's just having a bad season. He's not going to go pro. There's no way this guy goes pro this season. He's a junior. I could see him going into the portal, getting a fresh start for a one-year stint someplace, and that should be very interesting for us to follow. He is he is number 42 nationally in, in passing efficiency. Okay, his quarterback rating is like 148, something of that nature, compared to Jordan Travis, number 25 at 156. Passing yards, passing yards, he's ranked, uh, uh, Miami is ranked number 36 in the country with 257 per game average. So he's getting some numbers up there, all right? But I also think, I think, He's having to throw the ball a lot more, KB, because because rushing wise, rushing wise, they're averaging fifty eight yards, fifty eight yards. Uh, I'm sorry, their top back, Henry Parrish, is listed as one oh one nationally in rushing individually. Henry Parrish. Now they have kind of. Uh, yeah, uh, I, uh, a library of backs. Top back. No, yes, he back. is. No, he's, he's right. not. He's okay, not. you show me nationally. Mark well, Fletcher is. Mark Fletcher is. Okay, more well, carries then maybe I missed him. I but think you did. they have kind of a cadre of backs they're rolling out there. But their rushing game, you know, is okay. But I think he's had to throw the ball a lot more. But he's sloppy with the ball, and he's not very mobile. Okay, which makes it easier for our defensive line who has stepped it up, KB, and should be able to get after this guy. If you harass him, he's going to make mistakes. And we have to do that in the first half to make him very uncomfortable. You don't have to sack him, 
but you got to make him uncomfortable. But that's and how Miami's, I see him. Miami's only allowed, I think, 11 sacks on the season thus far. But the big thing about that stat is that in the last two games, they've given up six of those 11 sacks. So against better competition in terms of NC, you know, you could say better competition, against NC State and UVA, they've given up six of those sacks in the last two weeks. And I would say you go from NC State and, and UVA to Florida State on the road at in Doke against Jared Verts, Fisk, you know, Farmer, those boys, you should expect to come away three-plus sacks in this game, in my opinion. This offensive line in Miami has not been tested to this level it, it, the entire season, in my opinion. So, well, what, what are the should things? have its way or should have its biggest game or should they have the ability to test its offensive line like they haven't been tasted all this year. And they should be able to get at – whether it's four men four down or be able to bring the blitz and get at – Tyler Van Dyke whenever they want to, or, or be able to dial up the blitz when they have to. Because if UVA and NC State were able to dial up Craig and get to him and make his life uncomfortable, there's no reason in hell why Florida State should not be able to, with their talent on on that defensive line, shouldn't be able to dial up pressure and get to him. I, I agree. I, I I agree with you. I'm not even sure we'll have to dial it up extra with a yeah, lot of yeah, blitzes. Yeah. Our defensive line now, now we're always talking about dominance. This playoff committee is looking for dominance, okay? They're looking for dominance. This, our defensive line should, like you just said, should be easily dominate their offensive line, which is not that good, okay? It's not that great. Here's some numbers that I picked out that caught my attention. On third down, third down, getting off the field, Florida State's defense is ranked number seven nationally of getting off the field on third down. Miami's is 39th, okay, of getting off the field. So there is an advantage there, and that shows me our defensive line could make that a rougher number on them. If we play, if we get the rush up front, you know, it you can't get you can't get the job done in the secondary unless you're getting the, the rush up front. Okay, that's very important. I think that's important. Rushing offense, rushing offense. Actually, I'm sorry, this is where Miami has been rushing the ball fairly good at 176 yards per game, and they're ranked number 39. They're ahead of Florida State, okay, who is ranked 50, uh, uh, 57th. So actually, they're rushing the ball well, too. So I think that's something to take, to take a look at. Also, total defense. Total defense nationally, Miami is ranked number 19th in the country. Total defense, 300, giving up 311 yards. Florida State is number 35 at giving up 332, okay? Now, I think we've played a tougher schedule than Miami. Yeah. But what these numbers show me, they show me that this Miami team is dangerous. They have nothing to lose. They aren't going to get some kind of a bowl game. They have six wins. This is the Super Bowl to derail the state rival, Florida State, ruin their dream season. This is a big matchup as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, this is Miami's playoff game, essentially. This is what they're playing for. And to your point, they've played a much worse schedule than Florida State. Um, and once you, And some of the stats are inflated. And their three losses this year to UNC, my uh, UVA, 
Um, oh, oh, sorry. And, to, and their losses against uh, NC State, uh, North Carolina, and Georgia, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech and the Neil um, down, yeah. they blew. And I, I think in those three games, they had two or more turnovers in each of those games. I have to check the Georgia Tech game. But I think in all three of those games, they had two or more turnovers. Now, and so here, that it, Can I finish my point? Go Please. ahead. So the big thing here is that I, I agree. They do, when they, when they are clicking, they do have the ability to score points. The issue is because, uh, you know, in the Georgia Tech game, they had five turnovers. In the NC State game, they had, what, two turnovers. In the UNC game, they had another uh, four turnovers. The games they lose, and they, I guess, you know, that may seem logical, a lot be logical, Keith. Yeah, you lose when you turn the ball over. But that shows you there's a trend that they, they don't just turn the ball over. They turn the ball over a lot. And I think with Florida State, we've seen that this team does have the ability to force turnovers. And what, where, where do you force turnovers? And who does the turnovers a lot? It's Tyler Van Dyke. You can get that guy to force the ball and make some dumb plays. And that's that's what's gonna that's what's gonna happen. You force turnovers, you score points. You get them down early. What Miami has had to do in their six wins is come back from a big deficit. Most of the games they've been in have been within seven to ten points the entire game in their wins. They have not had to come back down from 14 to 21 points. And you want to make this snowball effort like last year, you just like you did last year. I think it was the, uh, the big play that I forget it was Bobo or somebody on the big on the big play. You do the same kind of thing. You score fast out the gate. Then you put the pressure back on TVD to have to go down and score quickly. You you get them out of being able to run the ball. Don't let them be able to run the ball uh, and, and sustain the drive. Make make TVD feel like you have to pass the ball to Restrepo into those receivers. Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to get the ball to his to his blanket, uh, you know, his, his blanket receiver like Restrepo. He's Restrepo is the only guy on that team. I mean, you have Jacoby George and stuff like that. Um, you know, Kobe Young is good. Kobe Young, they have Restrepo, three those top guys. guys the they've had some big numbers. I know, I, I know that, but I believe that if you put that ten to fourteen point pressure on TVD, he's going to start forcing the ball. And he, he, you start collapsing that pocket, and you you make him have to think about where he's throwing the ball, or he's got to think, I have to make the big play. I have to, I have to get more than five yards or ten yards. I can't, I can't, I can't check it down. I have to go for the big play. That's when the interceptions start start racking up for him, and then you score again on the off that turnover. So no, no, that's where it comes. That's where it comes down. You force one interception, you score on it. Then you, that's where it all comes. That comes where um, comes unraveling from them. It's the turnover game. That, that I think now, if Florida you, State can force a turnover in the first quarter, the game starts unraveling. On that point of turnovers, KB, nationally, Florida State is ranked number 16 nationally at a plus seven. Exactly. Plus exactly. seven. Now, listen to this. Miami is ranked nationally number 99 exactly. minus four exactly. minus four that's a 11 point swing there that is an important stat when you have minus four that tells you it's 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 almost unbelievable they have six wins you know in that regard but i never underestimate a state rival opponent ever one thing. So the question is, the spread in this game is currently at 14 and a half. 14 and a half. What does the committee expect out of Florida State? I don't think they expect Florida State to win by one point or three points. I think they expect them. They're looking for anything to get on Florida State's case. 
we must beat them at least by the spread i think to 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 keep a grasp on that fourth position well i think yeah and like i said i think florida state's gonna have the ability to score in bunches but i think there's some confidence in the miami side that they are able they're gonna have a game plan for shutting down johnny wilson Keon. like if we the big difference is is that if we get johnny wilson Keon coming back I, I don't believe that this Miami secondary is going to be able to to blank both of those guys. I, I think it's going to be a full offensive air raid on, on Miami. But the Miami insiders do feel like they they have a game plan for shutting them down and that maybe those guys are overrated. So I want to share a clip of, uh, of these guys discussing how they're going to shut down Miami. This is not a, a popular uh, opinion, but if they play well, we can beat this team. Because everything else, everything else we do as good or better. And I know that's not a popular opinion, but we're better in the trenches. Okay. I mean, their receivers are way better. They those are two guys, no. those two guys are way better. No, they're not. Are. No, they are not. What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you serious? Yeah, that's such an overrated uh, opinion. Keon Coleman is a number 54 ranked wide receiver in the country. He is. He is. Look it up. He is. Johnny Wilson is fragile Freddy. And the only reason that he's good is because he gets open so easily. But if he gets hit one time, he's going to drop the ball three other times. I really really think the only reason the receiver is good is because he gets open easily. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, that that's good entertainment, though. Again, let's it. give it I to them. Even, even they are admitting when they're – even they're calling their own guys out, which I appreciate. You know, you know actually, that. that guy was wrong on a second point. He said Keon Coleman was number 54. We'll take that. He's actually ranked 87th. And Johnny which, Wilson which is, is number 177th. But that's why you can't be a box scorer. But they haven't uh, been. They, they've, missed some, they've missed some reps, and they've been out. But, that, that, but so. that's the thing. You watch the tape. You, got, you know these guys, that they're getting 25 uh, targets a game. They're like it's just not the style of the offense. It's just right. I, I have to say this offense. though. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to what I say. In-state rival games are always dangerous. Are always dangerous. And I'm gonna be at the game, and I'm gonna feel. I'm gonna feel tense until I see us start to really take over the game. You know, it's just. I, it's gonna be that type of game for me. For me, yeah. because yeah. I've seen too many wide rights, wide lefts, you know, uh, and it just drives it. Would, the worst thing that could happen to me is I'm at this game and, and we sputter and we don't do well. And uh, it would be a nightmare. Now, I think Mr. Morlock and Mr. Jakai Douglas could play an important role here. Okay. If Miami has some kind of quote game plan for our big receivers who we're not even sure are going to play yet, okay, I assume they will it play. Like the question is playing and being effective are two different things, okay? I'm hopeful they'll play and be effective. But Morlock, Ja'Kai Douglas, and Jaheim Bell are going to have to step up their game now, step up their game and look to be targeted. And they're capable of it. They're capable of it. And our run game should be good enough to grind it, to that's, grind it. You know, time nice. of possession nationally is just about even between these two teams. Time of possession, just about even between these two teams. I think it was at like uh, each team, like 32 minutes as the average. 
I think um, that's the big thing too. Is to Miami's credit, you know, they got Ruben Bain, who's a really good player on the defensive line, and their run defense has been really solid. Once again, against you know not the best run offenses in the country, but they're they're allowing what under ninety yards per game. Their rushing, defense which is has been good. Their defense, no, their rush front, defense, is, their, their rush defense has been good. Yes, rush defense is top ten right. in the country. Right. Um, and at times, Florida State hasn't been able to run always when they want to. They they've been able to run late in games, which is good. Like we saw last week, Trey breaks the big one for big yards and closes the game out. Um. But some of that is you want to you want to be able to run when you want to, right? You want to be able to run for that three yards instead of having to do a trick play, or you know you want to be able to run for that one yard for a first down. Um, also, does the same drives. You want to be you, we want to start seeing you, the ability to see Trey break the big runs in the first quarter, the second quarter, and be able to lean on that defensive line when you, when you want to. I don't know if you no know, we'll be able to in this game, so that may slow down parts of the offense. But I think. Like you were saying, if we get Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman back, you won't have to utilize the run game as much early. You'll be able to lean on it late, uh, you know. But it'll be interesting because I do think the offensive line's ability to pass block against guys like Ruben Bain that defensive line is going to be big. They are going to have to give Jordan Travis some time. You know, that that is the one thing I think may be overlooked here is how well – because at times, you know, they've done a good job at, at keeping him upright. There was two sacks. Pittsburgh gave up, you know, was able to get two or three sacks last week. But for the most part, Jordan Travis, the last three or four weeks, has been placing his ball with great accuracy on some of those deep passes. We saw with Ja'Kai last week on some of those throws, that more lock down the middle. He's been placing his ball. When he's had time, he's been really accurate on his throws. And, that, and the pass protection has been pretty good, but we did see some uh, sacks even at the pit. This you know, the is a question. much better defensive line than Pittsburgh, Syracuse, yes. we've seen. Yes. This, I, just like this is a step up for what might be seen defensive line wipe against us, this is a better defensive line than we've seen in a while, right? So that is that is comparison. Which, which offensive line will play better against the competition, which will allow the offense, which offense to get the advantage faster? Because I, like I said, if Florida State puts Miami in a hole by 14 points early, I don't know. I, I think it will unravel for them very quickly because they've not ha- they have not faced – Offensive adversity like that in a while. They have not. Ha- I don't think they have an offense capable of digging themselves out of the hole. Okay. Versus where if Florida State gets down early, our offense is built to come back. Theirs is not. That's okay. A couple classic. couple other things of note. We're going to have two Lou Groza kicking nominees against each other as well. Okay. Both the guy from Miami. I forget his name. He, you know, he's a good one. He's a good one. Yeah. And Fitzgerald. They're going to be kicking against each other. So that's something to note and could come into play in this game. Could come into play in this game. I hope we're not coming down to a kick. Okay. I may not make it out of the stadium. The other thing is, please, whoever's kicking for the Knowles, please kick it through the end zone for touchbacks. Miami has the athletes, has some athletes, that if you don't, we're not used to covering kicks because we don't cover that many anymore because most of them are touchback. But if you leave it short, you kick it out of bounds, you're trading field position. You could you could get to one of these lightning fast guys and he takes it. Uh, kick it through the end zone. Come on, guys. You're a college kicker. Do that. This matchup all time, Miami leads the series 35 wins to 32. These type of stats don't mean anything in a one game this year to me. FSU's won the last two. 
and we've won nine out of the last 13 since 2010. So Florida State is doing well in the recent series, but it means nothing in this game as far as I'm concerned. I think everything we've covered, everything you've said, everything I've said, will be the most meaningful things in the play. We have this game on our home field. It will be sold out. This is a sellout. We'll start in the daylight. We'll end in the evening. And I want to end with fireworks. I want to end with the Miami Hurricane crowd leaving, going out the aisles, third at the end of the third quarter. That will make it. That is the game we want because then if they're leaving in the third quarter, guess what? We have shown we're dominant. And this is not only about beating Miami, we must beat the playoff committee views of us. Yep, absolutely. And to your point, I think the Riley was pointing to it, Richard Smith had a kick return against Texas A&M. So they do have a, a weapon back there. I think he's averaging 30 yards per punt yeah. kick return. So you you do kick it out of the end zone. Don't don't let their don't let them get a, a free touchdown if you're if you're already up. So I agree with you. So yeah, good good wrap up there. Um, and also you have. It seems like hundreds of, of recruits coming in for this band. You, the, the coaching staff knows this is a big weekend. It's your, probably your last big recruiting weekend of the season before National Signing Day in December, early National Signing Day. So you don't you don't only want to make an impression for the committee. You want to make an impression on these recruits before you close out the season, right? The pressure so, is on the Knowles. Yep. This is the time of year that yep. the dream season is there. You control that. You must be the monsters in the trench. You must hit them in the mouth and you must keep hitting them in the mouth. I do believe we have the rotational depth to wear them down, but you cannot, cannot make it easy on them. Yeah. You cannot, yeah. you must make them grind it out each and every possession that they have. And make them and make a good impression on everybody. So uh yeah, so that'll do it for that. And I, I think we're both expecting uh Florida State to cover the spread. Um do you know what I, I don't know what the 14 and a half. Is, but, uh, I'm taking Florida State to do that. I, I think 14 and a half. I believe we're gonna do it too. Everything I see about this game, especially the turnover ratio, uh TVDs, uh uh interception rates, I like our rotational depth. I think our defense is now playing very, very well. Yes. And uh, I think we're gonna get we're gonna get some work out of uh, Wilson and we're gonna get some work out of Coleman and we've got the backup receivers as well. Absolutely. I like our odds in this. I say we take Miami down by the 14 and a half and plus more. Awesome. Yep, totally agree. Um, so last thing to wrap things up is picks for the weekend. Uh, so a couple of top 25 matchups, some big ones. Uh, right now, everyone's not has it on the side screen. UVA, Louisville, or uh, uh, Louisville that's ongoing now. That's ongoing just, yeah. now. Yeah, Louisville just scored uh, to go up 14 right before half. So that's a close, a closer game than I expected. But uh, I well, Louisville's playing for number a spot now in the ACC. I mean, yeah, they're they're basically going to wrap it up tonight. Championship. Do they? If they win tonight, are they automatically in? I think they do wrap it up. That'll be a very interesting matchup. Yep. Yeah, that'll be a a good matchup. So the big matchup is Michigan-Penn State. That's one of the two or three big matchups this weekend. Four and a half. Who are you picking in that matchup? Four and a half, Michigan. On the road in Happy Valley. I'm going to take – you know what? I'm going to take the – I'm going to take Penn State. I'm going to take Penn State 
basically straight up. I think Penn State's going to win the game at home, upset alert against Michigan. No, I, I got Michigan. I don't Despite trust the white uniforms. I don't trust Penn State's quarterback. They have the, Michigan. the most blah uniforms, but I get the history. No, I'm going Michigan. I don't okay. trust Penn State's quarterback, so I'll take them by seven plus if that was, right. if that was available. Um, okay. All right. Uh, next pick is let's go to uh, Utah Washington, another top twenty matchup. Uh, which what could what a Florida great State. buy for sixty bucks to get in too. Yeah, great uh, buy. Nine and a half Washington in uh, to in Seattle. Who are you picking? I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with Washington. I think they have a good quarterback there. I think their offense runs at high efficiency. They got enough defense. They're nine and zero. I think they they're they're breathing down our neck, and they're gonna keep the pressure on, and they're gonna try to light Utah up early and often. Yeah, um, you know Washington, they got blown out by Oregon. Beat, uh, you know, they're they're a decent team. Um, difficult quarterback situation with them, and it's at I mean, home. It's at home. Yeah, too, for it's Washington. for Washington. Yeah, I, I'm gonna take. Yeah, I'm gonna take Washington by nine and a half on that matchup. Uh, one of the last ones, Tennessee, Missouri, three thirty CBS, two and a half uh, or minus two for Tennessee. Who are you picking on the road at Missouri? That's a tough one. I don't follow either one of those teams that much. Uh, to me, it's you know at at minus two for any team, it's almost a toss up, and their records are identical. So I think you got to go with a home field advantage. I think I'm going to go with Missouri at home. I think I. See, I'm, t- I'm going to take I because I watched the Georgia game last week too on the side by side with Florida State. I'm going to take Missouri. Missouri looked good last week against Georgia. They got really good offense, um, and they played Georgia tough for the most part. Uh, and Tennessee, I mean they 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 played Alabama tough a couple of weeks ago, but they their schedule soft. I'm going to pick Missouri minus two. Two All right, I got one other game. I got another game. We got a very angry Lane Kiffin, Mississippi, playing UGA, University of Georgia. That's going to be a good 7 o'clock game. It's at home for the dogs. It's at home for the dogs. And the dogs are going to be barking. And they're, what's the spread? Ten and a half. Now, Kiffin wants this game bad. He's only got one loss, you know? So... He's he's they're gonna play a good game. I think this is gonna be an excellent game to watch. I don't think you I, I don't think Georgia is is scaring these top teams as much. I don't think they as much as they used to, but Georgia's playing good ball. I am gonna take Georgia at home though. Uh that's a that's a big spread. I mean well, Ole Miss hasn't played a ranked team in four Four weeks. They beat LSU. Lost to Alabama like fourteen. I don't know. That's I, I, Georgia's going to win the game. It's just by how much. Uh, okay, I'll take Georgia Let, by ten. I'll, I'll take uh, now. I'll take Ole Miss for the spread, but Georgia's going to beat them. By, look at the by price eight. on that ticket. One eighty six, buddy. Yeah, I ain't paying. Well, that. I saw the resale tickets going for Florida that. State. Now resale tickets were like two hundred bucks for Florida State Miami. Okay, I got mine cheaper during the beginning of the season. But let me ask you this. What oh was... yeah, uh uh UFLSU too. Uh that that will be well, 
I didn't put that up because I know uh, LSU will that, that them. B Riley's right. That'll be an interesting game. That will not be interesting. Where game. is that? Is that at LSU? That's in uh, in uh, Baton Rouge. Yep. Okay. If they blow out the Gators, is that the end of their coach? You think? Are they are they going to stick with him? No. I mean, LSU is going to destroy them. It's a 15 and a half spread. Well, what does that do to their coach? Is he on the? They'll be five the and five. Florida State will be their bowl game. Will be there. Well, I, I know that's going to be another bowl game, Super Bowl in state rival. Because look, look, they have LSU, then they have Missouri, then they have Florida State. Florida State may actually be for them to be bowl eligible. Yeah, like, yeah, that that'll be unbelievable. That game's going for over two hundred bucks right now. Them so, in in joke will maybe for them to become bowl eligible. Now let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this and before we close out tonight. Ohio State, are they are they playing to this weekend? Are they on a bye? No, they're playing Michigan State, so basically okay. nobody. How how big does it they have to win over Michigan State? Thirty one and a half. You don't points. have to give me points. Thirty one and a half points. <laughs> okay. You think they gotta cover the spread? Just say they gotta cover the spread yes. or not yes. to maintain yes. number one. Yes. Okay. UGA, do they have to cover the spread to maintain number two? Uh, over no. Over yep. Mississippi. No, so they can win by a field goal and stay yep. in there too. Yep. Okay. Michigan, they have to beat the just spread. Just have to win. Just have to win. Just to win. Florida State, just to win? No, they have to cover the spread. Okay. Because Washington, what do they have to do? Win. win. But yep. how big? Cover the spread? I think they just have to they they just have to win. You know, because I, like the, I said, if Florida State wins on a field goal and Washington wins by ten plus, I think they flip flop. I just, I if Florida State does just barely pulls this game out for some reason, so you go and Washington wins like wins handily. Like if both of them win by a field goal, then I think Florida State sticks. Yeah. The, but the, if, if Washington blows Utah out and Florida State just somehow barely wins, I think they flip flop. The word out there, the word out on the street and all the sites I look at and see is Florida State really doesn't have the same respect as these other teams, including Washington. I, so I if everybody true. wins, no. Florida State must start showing these final yeah. games dominance. The reason, the reason dominance. I don't think that's true is because they would have flip flop last week. Because we're going to have, if you look at it, we've got to play Miami. North Alabama is going to be a walkover. Uh, and then we got to play Florida. And then we got to play the ACC championship game. We've got a real challenge in front of us. we got a real the challenge. Will be a top 10 the, health, the health of Johnny Wilson and the health of Keon Coleman and the effectiveness of Trey Benson are going to be keys to this. But the biggest key is our offensive line, can they handle the pressure that they're going to be under? Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, and, and B-Riley's got a point. Like, if they if they make us change at UF for 2024, that's, uh, that would be, uh, that would be tough. That would be tough. So, um, awesome, because, yeah, they got, Florida's got Texas next year. They got Ole Miss, LSU, Kentucky. They got Georgia, you see it. I mean, yeah, Miami. That <laughs> course, you may a new coach may be walking into like a two or three win season next year. Okay, I've got one other thing. I've got <laughs> one right, other. Let's thing. wrap it up. I want to know up. why ticket resellers. Okay, uh, in this case, what? this case, tick picks where I got my my game tickets from. Yeah. Way back two three months ago, right? 
I want to know why they wait till the day before the game, 24 hours, to send out the links to get your barcode to tickets. Why would why would a system work that way? Can anybody explain that to me? Because I'm going to have to call them tomorrow and say I don't have my barcode yet. I have the the other what stuff that's at the bottom. What? Why does it take so long? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, maybe we, the, uh, uh, what? So you don't have your barcode, like your mobile QR code? Not yet. I don't have the email where you click the link yet. I have everything else that says I bottom the seat numbers and everything, but I have, but I'm going to have to call them up because their policy says don't call us until you're 12 hours before. It's probably so that you can't like resell them again. Why couldn't I resell them if I can't go to the game? They, they don't give me any time to resell them. That's ridiculous. Okay, that's my point. The last point I have before we hang up the phone here, and it's not, you're kind of, you like soccer, right? You yeah. love soccer in a way. I'm not a huge soccer player, or I've never played any soccer except some kicking it around. But right. my granddaughter is a player for Cardinal Spellman up in Boston area. And I, here's what I don't understand. I watch her games on YouTube. Here's what I don't understand about soccer. Maybe it's just up there. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. At the five-minute mark at the end of the game in the second half, they don't run the clock anymore. They stop running the clock and it's just held it's, on the field oh by the referee. Is that because they don't trust the clock operator? No, it's referee discretion. It's just, it's extra time. It's, it's stuff. Extra, injury time. It's injury time. It's just, it's at well. The why do they discretion. call it the final? Why don't they let it run out and then because add it's the time? Ref discretion. Because ref I think discretion. it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, well, because no so. one in the stands understands how much time's left. The players don't understand how much time's left. Because it's the not referee, a set amount of time. The referee just goes, "Okay, game's over." Because it's not a set amount of time. I think it's the stupidest damn thing I've ever seen. Okay. Well, just you would opinion. hate soccer then. You would hate soccer. I guess I'm not a big fan, except for my granddaughter, who's doing and, very well. And be right then. So they don't have people returning their purchase and having a barcode to attempt to use. Okay. That sounds fairly reasonable, B. Raleigh. I appreciate that. But do you understand what it does to me thinking if I don't get my tickets? I think the thing was you weren't thinking, maybe. No. But this is, but B. Riley, I'm not going to say you're totally uh, accurate here because I bought some hockey tickets for a game down in Tampa. I already have the barcodes. Well, we'll find out. Email we'll find out tomorrow when I call them up and I have it out with them. All right. Well, if you see the old man at the game, if you're going to the game, you see the old man in this T-shirt. Hopefully he's wearing the, the symbol. Section 11. I'll be in section 11. You love giving out your information. Well, if you see the old man in this T-shirt, give him a high five, give him a fist bump. Maybe he'll yeah, buy you don't a give me a Don't give me this because let me tell you, in the state of Florida, I'm over the age of 65. It is a felony to hit an old person. And I just got a new crown, which cost me like $3,000. will buy you a beer. Buy you a free beer. You <laughs> find him in the crown, like here's one day. Come by, right. say, say hello to me. We'll yes. take a picture. All right, well, thank you all for coming by. We appreciate your thoughts and comments. We'll see you on Saturday for the big Miami game at 3.30. We expect a 14 and a half point victory at minimum. Are you going to do a reaction know. afterwards? I know I can't hook up link-wise. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs>
be rise that's all here before we see him. That, that's that's true about all things. So, <laughs> all right. Y'all have a good one. We'll see you. See you Saturday. Have a great one, y'all. Take care. Have a gorgeous and Oh, wait a minute. Oh my God, please let me go. <laughs> one of the greatest go. shirts I own right there. Back there to go. back, back championships. We gotta keep this going and get more shirts like this. Look yes, at those stupid yes. gators and, and canes there. I love For this shirt. For once I agree with you. For once I agree with you. I want like, I want another one of those shirts. All right. Love it. Go Knowles. See you Saturday. Let's beat the canes. Have a good one, y'all. Enjoy y'all Friday. Enjoy your Friday.